Hello, everybody. This is Carlos Mencia, and welcome to the Laughing and Living podcast. What a year we've had. This has been an incredible time, uh, and the past week or 10 days or so have just been amazing. Uh, we have voted in for the first time, if I'm not mistaken, not somebody that's never served in office because that has happened, but uh, has never been in government in any way, shape, or form, nor military. Uh, this is a, a first for us. America has chosen Donald Trump to be the president of the United States of America. And uh, wow, it uh, was unexpected from everybody, even from them. They had no idea in the camp that this was going to happen. A lot of things have kind of gotten clearer since then. So let me try to talk about some of them. Um, I do not personally think that a vast, a vast majority of the people that voted for Trump are sexist or homophobic or racist or any of that stuff. I mean, as a matter of fact, when you talk to a lot of those people, um, they say things like, well, that's not what he meant. Um, as an example for the wall, right? Uh, they're asking a lot of people, would you be upset since you voted for him and his whole thing was we're building a wall if he didn't build a wall? And a lot of people that I've heard are saying, well, he didn't mean a wall wall. He just meant, you know, to stop him. A wall could be a fence. And somebody actually said a wall could be a waterfall. Uh, I don't think there's any waterfalls <laughs> in the middle of here in Mexico. But I get what they're saying. What they're saying is, I think that the people that didn't like Trump or still don't like Trump, I think we're very literal. And I understand that because I'm a very literal person. I use words for a living, and I think that the way you use words and what words you use and how you say them is entirely exactly why there are so many thesauruses. That's why thesauruses exist, right? A thesaurus exists so that you can have a word that's somewhat synonymous but not exactly the same. You know, facetious is a little different than, you know, sarcastic. Uh, and, and so kind of the same but not. So I get, I get that the people that hate Trump or like, well, no, he said, you know, this and this and this exactly. But the people that actually voted for Trump were like, well, he didn't mean that he didn't mean, you know, no Muslims ever. What he meant was let's make sure that the ones we led in, he didn't mean no wall. You know what he meant was, Hey, you know, he didn't mean you could just grab her by the pussy. Because if you listen, he says, they'll let you do anything. And then he said, kiss him, grab him by the pussy. So he's saying that he'll grab him by the pussy. But that's because they'll let him. Whereas to somebody else heard assault that, hey, because I'm a star, I'll grab him by the pussy. Um, I don't know which one of which one is right. I think history will tell the tale of this. Um, but it's interesting how. The people are just not getting one side and not getting the other. And the one thing that I was utterly shocked about, just utterly shocked, and I should have seen it coming, and I think a lot of people should have seen it coming, because you know what? Comedy, comedy in and of itself, usually is a little ahead of the curve because we're talking about the taboo stuff and the things that other people don't want to talk about. So we're in that venue. We're in that moment. 
And I think that a lot of comedians um, were pointing out that there was a, a, a bit of a frustration um, in that world. I think that guys like uh, Nick DiPaolo, I think that guys like Bill Burr, um, comedically speaking, were tapping into that, you know, the white guy kind of a thing that, hey, listen, man, somebody needs to pay attention to us. Why can't we do this or say this or do that or, you know, and nobody really caught that. Now, this coming from somebody born in Honduras and a minority um, and a Latino who is now a, a naturalized citizen of the United States. I, I, I just want all the disenfranchised white guys out there to realize that um, it was it was and I think kind of still is for some people very difficult to grasp the concept that you guys are hurting. And from my point of view, I want you to understand something. It's not because I'm insensitive or because I don't give a shit. It's because throughout history, this has been your country. This has been the white man's world. This has been the white man's rule. This has been, you know, the white man's domain. It's just really, really difficult, um, at least for me, to, to kind of put my finger on the on the you guys are getting fucked thing because I, I've, I've been around and you know the things that I've heard in my career and I know that it's very specific because it's not middle America it's not you know the rural places where you guys had factory jobs or working at a mill or etc cetera, etc cetera, and it went away yeah this this is this is a different business that I'm in but you know I've heard before from networks yeah we already have our Latino show um, we're not looking for another one. So there's a one Latino show per network, or at least at the time when I was told this by a network, there was. And, you know, I have a lot of friends who are in this business, a lot of white friends who are in this business, and they never, ever heard, well, we've already got our white show. And so, you know, little tiny things like that, that, well, I don't know about so tiny from my perspective, but, you know, it is what it is. I just, I just can't, I just could never imagine that I got to look out for the white guy. It's just hard. To, it's coming out of my mouth and it's difficult. And listen, I'm not laughing at your pain. I really get it. And if there's anything I can do to help, um, yeah, I'm there, man. I've, I've always tried to, through my comedy, have a sense of balance and have a sense of give or take. It's just, I'm trying to make you white guys understand that I, I had no no fucking idea whatsoever and i guess because i live in a city well that's not true because i go all over the country and you know I, a lot of those people come to my shows i was uh i was i was this entire year you know in a lot of cities that were um were red when it came to the voting this year so I got to talk to those people and a lot of them come, come out to see me, I guess. And it's because my comedy isn't necessarily I'm going to make fun of this or I'm going to make fun of that. I personally believe that, you know, we had the two worst candidates ever in the history of this country. 
I mean, I have never in my life seen people, two candidates actually, try to give away this election more so than this time. I mean, he would say some fucked up shit, then an email would come out. Then he would say some fucked up shit, then she would say some fucked up shit. Then he would say some fucked up shit, then another email would come out. And it was just like, oh my God, I here's how I feel. I feel like we pick the two people that have herpes and now we got to fuck one of them. And that's why they were able to just go at each other. And, and we still couldn't go like one way or the other. It was always like back and forth because had anybody run against her, they would have won. And had anybody run against him other than her, I believe that they would have won. And yet the things that we're learning now are, um, I think making us a better country. I think that right now Republicans have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. So, you know what? You guys are either going to sink or swim by the decisions that you make. And I'm not one of those people that is afraid of it. You know, you only learn from failure. And in success, you don't learn. And look at what's going on with the Democratic Party. You know, they thought that they were winning, so nothing was wrong. I mean, literally, about 11 days ago, there was almost nothing wrong in the Democratic Party. Today... It is broken. They got to figure it out. Oh, my God. The sky is falling. What's going to happen? So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with, uh, with this country. Here's the way I look at it. I would let um, Republicans pretty much almost do whatever they want. And, and if it works, America wins. And if it doesn't work, in two years, there's some midterm elections and everybody will vote in all the Democrats and everything will be different. And, you know, half of this country is always pissed off. My issue with this whole thing is the, the whole sky is falling attitude of America. Um, I don't like it. I don't like the attitude that we think this country's fucked up and broken. And in, in, in that, it, that, that being said... I am so proud of my country because if you look around the world and read books about how revolutions have existed in the past and even now, they've been bloody. Millions upon millions of people have died. Make no mistake about it. In my opinion, America had a revolution. We just had a revolution. And you know what happened in our revolution? Um... We voted in, uh, you know, a guy that half of this country believes is ill-equipped to run this country. But that's it. Now, let us talk about some of the incidents. Um, Some Donald Trump supporters have been messed with and my understanding is beat up. Totally wrong. And some uh, on the other side um, have been beat up and that's wrong. And, you know... Uh, I, I think there was one somewhere in, in Michigan, if I'm not mistaken, where these uh, white kids were yelling at these Latino kids, uh, we're going to build a wall, and the Latino kids were offended. I, I read the story, and the Latino kids uh, were born in this country. So, you know, why they're offended that they're going to build a wall, I, like, personally, I don't give a shit. If you want to build a wall, build a wall. I'm an American. 
do I think that that's going to work? Uh, no, because at the end of the day, illegal immigrants are here because uh, there are jobs that those of us in this country who have been here long enough don't want to do. And by the way, if you don't believe me, just Google this. And I'm not going to turn it into a joke as I do on stage. But Georgia and Alabama, a few years back, passed really, really strict laws. Uh, what they did was they basically gave power to the police and, and law enforcement in general to ask anybody that they thought might be uh, an undocumented or an illegal, whatever you want to call it, a paisa as we say it. Uh, anybody was a paisa, then what they would do is they could ask them and then they could, you know, get them deported. Well, what happened was basically the laws passed. Uh, a lot of those immigrants left and millions of dollars of crops, specifically tomatoes, have rotted away. And to this day, they still haven't recuperated that workforce and they're trying to figure out what to do. So I think part of this is an unrealistic point of view on our behalf, because there are a lot of people that just don't understand how our system is 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 meant to work. And what I mean by that is. There are a lot of people in this country that actually believe that we cannot stop illegal immigration, that we've never had the ability to. And they don't take into account that, if I'm not mistaken, in 2015 and pro probably even 16, uh, the net of illegal immigration is actually at a negative. So what that means is more people have gone back to Mexico or Central America or wherever they came from then actually came in. So these past two years, without a wall, without anything different, we have actually sent more people back than have actually come into this country. And there are still people that believe that we can't stop illegal immigration. You are an idiot. You are an idiot. You are an idiot. That is the problem right there. That people just hear one thing and don't know anything about it, but they think they know everything about it. And, oh, let me tell you what's going on. And it's like this whole country is broken bullshit. Um, you know what? I, I, I challenge anybody to travel. And don't tell me that, like, it's, if you're well-to-do and you're well-off and you travel to the nice parts of those countries, I get it. But there are a lot of people that have left this country. They went to a resort and never left the resort. And you guys actually think that you visited that country? Well, you haven't, okay? If you if you went to, I, you know what? I don't even want to name a country just because I don't want to diss it. But if you, if you went to some country and you went to the resort, remember when you asked them if you wanted to leave the resort and they told you, no, that's the whole reason of this resort so that everything that you could possibly need is in this resort. You don't have to go out there. Just go to this place, go to that place. If you want to go to the beach or you want to go shopping or you want to here, it's all here. Well, that's because the actual country outside of those walls is a way different country than inside the resort. So travel so you could appreciate America. Travel so you could see how great it is. Travel. So you could see, oh, my God, this is how other people normally live. And that's what America doesn't get, I think, that our norm is amazing. Our, our poor is fucking awesome. Our poor people live in, in, with great lives. Now, in America, they're not great. 
you know, compared to the average here. Yeah. If you're a kid right now and you don't have an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4, whatever, 3, whatever it is, um, yeah, I get it. Everybody else has it. How could you not have it? What the fuck is going on? Can you believe everybody's got Nikes and I don't have Nikes or whatever that shoe is that everybody's supposed to have? I'm not in that clique anymore, so I don't care. Sometimes I wear Asics. Sometimes I wear Adidas, believe it or not. Sometimes my feet need orthotics, and it's not even about the actual shoe and the look of it. It's about the fact that I'm on my feet a few hours a day standing up doing comedy and I got to make sure that my arches are okay because I got fucked up Fred Flintstone feet. (laughs) Those are my issues. But listen, I remember being a kid and I remember thinking the same thing. The difference was my parents weren't born here and they would send me back to Honduras for perspective. Yeah, that's right. So when when little Carlos, when, well, I wasn't even Carlos and I was Ned. So when little Ned had a hair up his ass and was talking shit during the school year, guess where I ended up? Like, and I want you to, uh, you can Google map this, okay? It's called Sico, but uh, that's how it's pronounced, Sico, but it's uh, spelled S-I-C-O. So go to, your, uh, go to your Google satellite and Search for S-I-C-O, comma, Honduras, H-O-N-D-U-R-A-S, Sico, Honduras. And then what you're going to see is just greenery. And then just kind of, you know, go in and go in and go in. And understand that when I was growing up, this was uh, about 30 years ago. So remove about 80% of the, the little village that you already see there. And that's where I went. So you know what? When I complained because we lived in the projects, You know, when I complained that there were drive-bys, when I complained that I had to walk to school, yeah, that summer, guess where I ended up? In Honduras, where I saw a guy try to decapitate another man uh, on the street because they were fighting because they got drunk. Uh, I saw another man running down the street being chased by another man with a machete, turned around, and... uh, Shot him in the face, killed him, unrecognizable. Um, you know, these are the things that I saw when I was worried over here about, did you hear that they did a drive-by? Um, as far as walking is concerned, in order to get to where we lived in Seco, I had to fly uh, from Los Angeles to Miami on an airline called National Airlines. And then there was an airline from Honduras called Tan Sasa, T-A-N, S-A-H-S-A, like it was a dash, it was a hybrid, there were two airlines mixed together, I swear to fucking God, it was because one airline had one jet, and the other airline had another jet, so one of the jets was a prop plane, it had four props, and the other one was a 737, you rolled the dice, so we ended up in Miami, had to get Tanzasa, had to fly our ass over to, uh, to a place called, uh, La, La Ceiba, and, uh, then, we would uh, get on a smaller, little tiny, uh, I think it was a an 806 Cessna, which sat five people, and we would get in that plane, and then we would fly uh, to this place called Palacios, and we would have to do flybys, because there was no airstrip, there was just grass, and there's, of course, cows, 
and horses feeding on the grass. So we had to do a flyby to scare them off and then land. Then we would get in a canoe, a straight up canoe. And this is how they make them. They cut a tree from the bottom and the top that's thick enough. They, you know, carve the outside to kind of make it, you know, hollow it out. And that one big piece of wood becomes a canoe. And they call it a pipante, but that's what. And then you put a little outboard, maybe 15 to 25 horsepower Evinrude engine in the back. And then we would have to go up the uh, Rio, Rio Sico for about five hours. Then once we got there, uh, in order to get to my dad's ranch, we had to walk because um, there weren't enough horses for everybody. So my dad got a horse, my mom got a horse, or some of the older people got horses. And you know how if I was complaining about the fact that I had to sit in the little kid chair? Well, guess what? I didn't have a horse because I was a little kid and I had to walk, I don't know, three, two, three, four hours after this entire trip. And we had to wake up every morning at five o'clock in the morning to milk cows, didn't get paid shit. Um came back every single time with some kind of blood disorder because you didn't eat enough I, I didn't eat enough iron and so I was eating uh off I was literally eating mud off the side and dirt off the side of mountains so that I could get some calcium in my body these are the things that I that that my parents gave me a perspective on when I was a kid so when I came back and I don't know how many trips I did it was a handful in that perspective that when I came back, I fucking love America. I mean, when I came back from those trips in Honduras and I got off that plane at LAX, man, fuck getting off the plane. When I looked out the window and I could see that, you know, you could see the San Diego and, you know, start to see Orange County and see that we're actually in America. Hell yeah! That's, <laughs> I was, man, I was so excited. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's exactly, it, it was the best. And so maybe my perspective is different. Now, here's the interesting thing. Just because I think America's great, it doesn't get in my way of thinking that we could always make it better. I think that what's happening now with our government is going to make America better. Now, I don't know that if it's going to be Trump and his policies that are going to make America better or if it's his mistakes or the fact that we're going to say, holy shit, we made a mistake. Let's not do that again. Or we're going to say, wow, this worked out. Maybe we should do this more often. Maybe we should get people that are not in government that have success that, that have figured this out to make it. And there are a lot of people out there. You know, there's the Mark Cubans of the world. There's the Buffets of the world. I mean, there are a lot of people that if this works, can help America in the other way. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I always look at the positive side. But then again, I'm not, I'm not some Disney freak thinking that everything ends perfectly. It, it's not the way it is. I never would have chosen for my career to have the ups and downs that it did, you know, to have the controversy that it did. It, it, it is what it is. I've always done my best. I've always been creative. I've always tried to, 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 to put a product out there that is fresh and talk about things that are just happening that are affecting America right now. A podcast is, is the extension of that. But at the end of the day, 
I think that this doom and gloom America and all the people who believe it, you need to just... Flush that shit down the toilet. And I don't want you to lose your fire. I don't want you to lose your fervor. I don't want you to not feel what you feel. I get it. For those kids protesting out there, good for you. Protest. Understand that your protesting at this point is only going to make people think about what you're talking about. Um, I don't know that it's going to garner any change necessarily. I mean, America other than the popular vote, has spoken uh, 60-something or 70-something 60 or 70% of all governors are Republican, the House is Republican, the Senate is Republican, and the President is Republican. I think that a lot of change has happened in a short period of time, and America is freaking out a little bit about it. And I, I understand that. I mean, hey, listen... All right, there's a place in Michigan um, where there are um, more Muslims there than anywhere in America. And here's the thing. I remember going there because I needed a prescription. And the interesting about that is um, I walked into the pharmacy and, you know, they had the one side for the men and the one side for the women. And that was bizarre to me. I thought it was like, whoa, what the fuck? But here's the thing. I respect now from a different perspective because I don't look at it like I did earlier. Like, man, that's fucked up that you make women do that. You know, in America, it doesn't matter what religion you follow. You don't make anybody do anything. We have the right to say no, to say fuck you, to run away. There are many women who were born into the Muslim faith who left the Muslim faith here in America. There are many women who don't follow it strictly. There are many women who don't wear the burqa. There are many, I mean, look, there's varying degrees of all of this. And I look at it like if these women in this version of America choose to sit over there and the guys over here and they're okay with that, I'm fine. The thing for me is, here's where I would be pissed. If I go to that pharmacy and there's 10 seats, right? Now, let's pretend that the seats can be moved and there's five guys sitting down and four women. Sure, I'm going to respect this local culture. I'm going to get that seat and move it over to the side where the guys are. I will do that. But here's the difference. The difference, I'm sorry. If there's five seats on each side and they can't move and the five seats of the guys are taken and there's four on the women's side and one at that point I'm going to say listen I'm not going to stand up and inconvenience myself because I don't believe in your culture I respect it but unless one of you guys wants to sit over here I'm going to sit here and I don't give a shit at that point when it becomes you know an inconvenience on me that I can't but I, I also don't want to be the asshole who, to prove a point, is going to sit on the woman's side even though there's room on the guy's side because this is America and I can sit wherever the fuck I want. And that's just some fucking insensitive, dumb bullshit. And a lot of us are wanting that. 
a lot of us want drama in our lives. A lot of I, I was talking to talking to my friends earlier about how, you know, every headline is 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 negative now. It's based on are we gonna die? Is America gonna fail? You know, that headline could easily be, you know, what awaits America's future. That's not good or bad. That's just saying, what do you think is going to happen now that all these changes are going to happen? But no, instead, will Obama ruin America? Will, I mean, Obama. Well, that was back in that day, too. And, and you know what? Interesting about that. There, I thought about something the other day that was really, really interesting. So, and, and think about this. About eight years ago or so, uh, a bunch of blacks, a bunch of Latinos, and a decent amount of whites voted for a young African American who you know, didn't have a, a lot of experience, who didn't, you know, have a big track record, who was pretty pretty young, and you know, he said a lot of things and hung out with some people that were to the other side, at least shady, you know, Reverend, um, I'm forgetting his name, but you know, who supposedly said some really anti-white things and he was, you know, an extremist. And, and and what people who voted for Obama said at the time was, look, we don't care if you don't like him. We like him and it doesn't matter what he says because we think he's good at heart and he's trying to make this country better and it's the change that we need and he's the guy to give it to us. Interestingly enough, eight years later, that's pretty much exactly what everybody that's voting for Trump is saying. We don't care that he doesn't have experience. We don't care what he says. We don't care because we think that we need change and we think he is the agent of change that we need in the first place. And so I do find it interesting that eight years later, we're not getting that this is pretty much the same exact thing. And instead, there's a lot of whining and look I understand um, certain fears I understand that if you're going to college in the United States of America and you know you basically got an executive order from our current president who said we're not going to kick you out you're a dreamer and there's a guy coming in who uh, you think might deport you I, I really do get that I, I, I really do um, but a lot of the people that are depicting this gloom and doom and oh my god our country is gonna fail and our country's please you don't understand you, uh, uh. stop stop and the reason i say stop is because i pondered this question and i asked of it and i'm gonna end this podcast by asking this of you do you really think that the majority of america are racist, sexist, xenophobic enough, you know, um, homophobic enough to allow this country to go back on, on on a lot of those rights. Now, I'm not talking about, hey, Carlos, this one state, that one state. I, I get it. I get it. But do you really think that as a nation we're going to take away the right, for, you know, for, for gay people to, to get married? Do you really think that, you know, all of these things are going to happen. Do you really think we're going to deport 11 million or whatever it is? And a lot of those people we know have jobs that, that are necessary. Do you really believe that? Now, maybe I'm naive. 
And I will admit that. Maybe I'm naive. But I just believe in America. And I believe in the people of America. And I believe that in 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 the end, we're good, decent people, most of us, who really want America to be great. And how we go about that um, is what makes us different. On the other hand, um, let's be honest. I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, and a lot of you people who have the doom and gloom attitude of what's going on, maybe Donald Trump is a sign. Self-destruct sequence activated. But I don't believe that. Because if you ain't laughing, you ain't living America.